What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 47 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. Um, we've got a great show for you today on, in this early February. Um, I'm Jeff Balky, my partner who apparently always has a baseball in his hand. Oh, sorry. Jeff Blum. I noticed. Is it just, it's just a fidgety thing? You always want to have I a I don't ball? know. It's just kind of here. I'll be talking and I'll have, you know, my AirPod case or, you know, something in my hand. But the, the baseball seems to be a little more uh, nice. relevant and easy. I appreciate it. Well, right now, the only thing I have in my hand is my Rush Mustard. I'm just going to pimp this out because I have to. Of course you do. I know. So I'm a huge Rush nerd. You can see in the background over here, I have Getty's big, beautiful book of bass on my on my shelf because I am a bass player as well. The Rush Mustard. Apparently, Rush now makes a beer, and they made mustard out of their beer. You can't get the beer in the U.S. yet, or otherwise I would have some. But you can order this from their website. I put this on Insta the other day, and Getty actually re That's insane. It. And you know what's cool about that that fans may not even know is that as big a I'm not as big a Rush nerd. I just appreciate mm-hmm. their music and obviously yeah. it's a soundtrack to my high school years and all that. Yes. But the fact that I've sat in the Sky Dome, called games and looked down and behind home plate in the first row is usually Getty Lee. He's a huge baseball fan. Well, he's not only a huge baseball fan, he's a huge collector. Of yep. baseball memorabilia, he has tons of signed baseball. He's donated it all over the place. Yeah, he has. He's like a he's a collector nerd. Like he collects baseball stuff. He collects wine. He, he's, a, he's a kind of an interesting cat. Bases, obviously, as you see from that book, is amazing. It's just mm-hmm. filled with every base he owns. Um, and uh, and Alex, the guitar player, also a huge baseball fan. I think they've had season tickets to the Blue Jays for years, yep. for years or something. Anyway. I'm just saying, if you guys want to pimp some uh, mustard on the podcast, we are here yeah. for you. Let we us know. We are here for you. <laughs> That's we exactly are right. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and of course, YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe. Keep up with us. Give us a follow on Twitter at Believe in Astros. You can find me at Jeff Balky, Blummer at Blummer27. Uh, hit us up on Instagram, too. We have interesting things going on there. Always an adventure, um, especially for Blummer, who's. <laughs> Always has some good stuff, content going on his Insta. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who's given us five stars and left reviews on Apple. If you haven't, why not, bro? Just ask come him. Come on, man. Just come on. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. That's right. Obviously, send us your comments and questions. Love seeing all those. And uh, we'd love to read them. Uh, questions, for example, did you know it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it one more time. I'm not going to stop. Not, Mama say, Mama sa, Mumakusa. In the Michael Jackson song. Easy for you to say. That's right. And my wife was singing it this morning and uh, trying to get my, <laughs> singing it from the shower, trying to get my attention. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say it one more time. I'm not going to stop. I always oh, thought yeah. it was some weird language that only Michael Jackson knew. But uh, the I things you learn on this, the things you learn on this podcast. Right, Plum? <laughs> yeah, that's why you tune in. <laughs> exactly. Goes so far beyond baseball. So how are you doing this morning, Blummer? I'm doing good. I, you know, my my dog woke up at two. One of my dogs woke up at two thirty and was scratching at the door. So I wasn't too happy about that. And that's probably why I look the way I do on our YouTube channel. But uh, you look I'm fresh happy as to a be daisy, here. Blummer. 
Oh man, then you've seen some. You've seen, man. I'm. I look more like I'm pushing daisies. <laughs> well, I tell you, Sheesh. my dog did exactly the same thing. Yeah. Two thirty. They must have been on the same wavelength. Oh. My dog decided he just wanted to wander around the yard for a while. I'm like, bro, <laughs> just do what you got to do and come back inside, man. Yeah. I, testing, my wife testing your ability to sleep standing up. Exactly. Got to get a doggy door. I think personally, for me right now, I'm going through a weird '80s ballad phase to the point that "Endless Love" by Lionel Richie and Dinah Ross is playing on a loop inside my brain. Oh, damn. I only think of Happy Gilmore when uh, that song comes on. <laughs> exactly. The best thing is when the Zamboni driver is singing in the shadows. Oh, dude, he's, he's like, got the background. Yeah, he's great, man. He's got all the my, backup vocals. That's one of my favorites. I love that scene. I did. I told my wife that, and she just kind of stared at me blankly. Yeah, you know. that, that's a typical wife move after <laughs> you know, drop a Happy Gilmore. Um, so let us discuss. Um, I'm going to pull up our ad copy because we definitely have to put in a, a word well, I was for say, our... Kind of for advertisers, what we're yeah. uh, what we're doing exactly. So, um, well, my I, I'm having trouble with my ad copy this morning. Bet online is the <laughs> is has all your sports betting needs this season, including basketball, football, UFC, MMA, and more. We got the Super Bowl coming up, Blummer. Uh, um, yeah. Any predictions? You're gonna go with anybody? I don't. I don't know. I mean, that line keeps getting tighter, and I know that money has something to do with it a little, a little bit every once in a while. But I keep mm-hmm. wavering. I go from the, the magic of Patrick Mahomes, and then I go yeah. back to wanting Jalen Hurts to win. I want the Eagles to win, but you know, I don't know. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of on the fence right now, and it may be a game day decision for me. I think so too. I mean, my prediction is Philly, just because I feel like they're on such a roll. But I'm with you. And the magic, good. Of, yeah, like yeah. really good. But the magic of Mahomes, you just. It's hard to bet against him. I love the. I think that's it. Yeah, the best thing are the prop bets. Obviously, um, the over for uh, the the time over under for uh, Chris Stapleton's national anthem is about two minutes and two seconds. Given Ooh. it's Chris Stapleton, I'm going to go with the under. He's an I am under too. understated cat. Also, first song out of the gate uh, for Rihanna. Please don't stop the music. I'm thinking that's probably a pretty good choice. Man, not Ella, Ella, Ella. Oh, Umbrella will be last. I was kind of hoping Rude Boy, just because it's so weird. But um, what's wrong with us? We, I mean, we've gone from Rush to Lionel Richie to Rihanna. What the? That's exactly right. Also, there's even a prop bet out there for what color Gatorade will get dumped on people. Oh, it's I saw that. Purple. Come on, it's always purple. They they want red. <laughs> they want red. Know. If it's the if it's the Chiefs and it's not red, then I'm just. I was going to say it's got to be red or green, right? I mean, it's you there's only think. two options. Yeah, you would think. Makes sense. All right, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup, player info, and game trends on Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, live scores for almost any game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Um, head to the website today to use your mobile device to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Okay, now we can get to actually talking about baseball since we've gone through all that nonsense. Um, the first thing up for me is related to betting. And that is, there was a <laughs> statement yesterday released by Jim Crane and Jerry Jones um, from the Cowboys, as you probably all know, but I'll say it anyway. Um it, giving their backing and support to the legalization of sports betting in the state of Texas, which is coming up in the legislature, um, along with some other types of betting and stuff. Um, 
I'm curious what your thoughts on this, Blum. I, I, you know, I, I have my own personal feelings about it, but I, I'm curious. Well, how do you feel about the old sports wagering? I mean, it is we are spon- we are sponsored by a sports wagerer. I know, and you know, it's it's one of those things. <clears throat> I, I keep thinking about this too, and I'm always. I'm always cautious because gambling is so it, it's crazy. I mean, we just mm-hmm. talked about prop bets on songs that are going to be played during the Super Bowl. Right. So it always it lends itself to so many opportunities. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not a gambler. I, I'll yeah, just get yeah. that out there right now. If I go to a craps table or if I go to a blackjack table and I lose twenty bucks, I'm pissed. Um, I want to have a little more control over the situation. But at the same time, I, I will sit in a sports book with friends and bet on every March Madness game I possibly can. <laughs> I will bet on every football game I possibly can. And I will watch those games with this fervent intensity that I want to see certain outcomes. And I'll be upset if I lose, but I'll be stoked if I win. And usually you walk out of there, you know, breaking even, fortunately. But, you know, I know that there's an issue there. But at the same time, you know, you're watching... You're watching the way football and basketball and college football and the way some of these entities in some of these states work, and you're going, man, the revenue is unbelievable, the attention it brings to the game. And that's where I am kind of with baseball is, you know, in Texas, would it bring more attention to the game of baseball? Because we're always talking about how do we get more eyes on the game as far as baseball is concerned? And that's where I kind of jump in with baseball, and then I'm in Texas. But Mm -hmm. if it gets more eyes on the game, I'm in. And if they can actually find a way to control it and make it good for everybody instead of lining pockets of billionaire owners, right. I think it'd be great. You know, if it's going to benefit the state and, you know, bolster schools like you see in Nevada or, you know, mm-hmm. if it's going to be able to encourage to put that money someplace else. I read the quote from Jim Crane and he said something about, you know, limiting, you know, property taxes because the money's going to be coming in from betting. So, you know, he's obviously got an idea of how to offset and make this appealing to the masses. But at the same time, you know, baseball is one of those games where if you can start to add some of those uh, bets, you know, on the side and increase the intrigue in that sense, it might maybe it's a good idea. I don't know. I'm still on the fence. I think betting is better than some of these rules we got coming in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I yeah, man, I'm not a gambler either. I I once went to uh, the Golden Nugget in uh, Lake Charles. Uh, and I lost $36 on the craps table in like three minutes. And I was like, that's good. I'm going to dinner now. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not really a betting person. I enjoy things like prop bets and I think they're funny. I like looking at the over under on things mm-hmm. cause I think they're just sort of fun. I'm not going to put my money on it necessarily, but I think they're kind of interesting and I'm with <laughs> you. I think eyeballs are good as long as it is used for a good purpose. I'm not sure how the how they're going to spend it. I'm not always in agreement with how they want to spend money anyway. Yeah. But That's uh, the issue. But I do think that... It, here's the deal. Fantasy sports is essentially gambling, right? Um, yes. And so if, if fantasy sports is legal, then sports betting should be illegal. There's a stigma attached to it. Um, but, you know... I think it's kind of like there's a stigma attached to you know people who smoke weed, right? Um, but the thing is, is that it's no, it's less addictive than alcohol, and that's legal. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like with things like this, that there's a lot of uh, hypocrisy and sort of backwards thinking when it comes to stuff. They should just let it happen and go ahead and regulate it. Go ahead and regulate it. Yep. Um, collect your, you know, collect your uh, thirty pieces of silver, and uh, and move on about your way. And if it's good for the teams, hey, that's cool with me. I just don't want to hear it all the time. 
And, you know, it's bad enough when you've got, like, call today on a recorded message. You know, it's bad enough to hear all that stuff and whole, like, segments of radio programs dedicated to nothing but betting. It's like, I I don't want any of that. That's yeah, well, you, and you, you better get ready for signage. I mean, it's going to the advertising yeah. going to be everywhere. To your point, yeah, well, I mean, it's going to be all over the stadiums. It's going to be directing you in this direction, or a website, or an app that's going to be able to allow you right. to bet. So, I mean, there, there's with, the, yeah with FanDuel and stuff like that. I mean, it's already like just mm-hmm. you know, well, they have all the money. I'll well, tell so you the, what. I mean, it's it's crazy. I don't know what's going to happen here in Texas at Minute Maid Park or, you know, uh, Mimic Maid Park up in, uh, you know, southern Oklahoma up there, <laughs> how they're going to be able to facilitate this. But I know that when we were in D.C., southern I mean, <laughs> literally outside the left field fence, just outside the stadium was a, a MGM bet like office. And like you could go in there and bet on the games and do everything right there. So, I mean, how how far does it creep into these these yeah. stadiums, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. That's going to be the biggest thing is, hey, they have like the the every game at the Astros game, they have the like that raffle thing where half the money goes to charity. Mm-hmm. And I forget what they call it, but they have that thing every game and they, they have the number up on the board. I mean, that's gambling. Basically, you're yeah. giving money for a raffle ticket. So half I, of I it think, goes to the fan. Half of it goes to the Astros Foundation. Everybody's exactly. happy. It's great. It's, it's a Yeah. To me, that would be the thing that they should do. If they're going to give money away, if they're going to take money from it, give it to a worthy cause, then to me, hey, uh, not to use I was going to say all bets are off, but I was like, no, don't. <laughs> Don't make that That's joke. Not very encouraging. It's Jeff. too early for this for that kind of a stupid joke. So let's avoid that. <laughs> There's one other thing that I kind of wanted to get your your opinion on that happened this recently here is the we had the TriStar event here in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the big sports memorabilia athletes and former athletes come in and sign autographs <clears throat> and all that. What is your take on those in general? Like I love sports memorabilia. I mean, I have a few things here and there. Um, I think it's an you know something, but. I do feel like sometimes it gets a little crazy. You know, these people oh. get in there and they want, I mean, obviously there's the whole thing of you have to pay for an autograph because people just go and sell them on eBay or whatever. Yeah. Um, but what, how do you feel about those tries? Have you ever done one? Like what, what is oh, your yeah. take on this? Oh, I'm I, sure I've seen have. the evolution of it. You know, I mean, yeah. we, we, for me personally, you know, you go back to the 1900s, you know, I've been, a, I've done, I did one when I was in double A with Pete Rose. No. You know, yeah. So, I mean, it, you talk about regulating. I mean, that's an industry that's kind of had to evolve a little bit. And like you said, you go from buying a ticket just to get into the convention center, and then you've got to buy a ticket to get the certain autograph that you go get. And, um, you know, it's definitely an industry where money is running rampant because of the value. We talked about Getty Lee and his ability to collect. Those collectors are out there, and those people who sell the collectives are, are going to these events and getting those autographs on certain items that they feel are worthy. And, uh, you know, behind the scenes there, Tristar's getting, you know, you, there's, there's a mountain of merch behind the scenes that you don't see that these guys are signing. Right. And so there's a lot going on, but at the same time, isn't it, you know, I, I, I thought about this this morning. Uh, it, this is the, this is the professional sports NIL. I was, <laughs> thank you so much for bringing that up. That was my next point, man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so your your name and likeness and image are, are you know all over this thing, and you're fi- you're finding a way to monetize it. And I think it's what's interesting is how do you not dilute the market? Because I've talked to guys who are obviously uber famous in comparison to me, where right. I'm grateful. I'm like, please come to my my table. 
Um, but you know, how do how do you how do you accommodate the fan and not dilute the market so the price of your autograph doesn't go down? And that's where I think the interesting thing is for some of these players and where they go. And there's a lot of money being thrown at these guys to come and sign at these autograph uh, things. But it's just it's it's an nil. It's another way for a guy to earn money, and it's another way to, another way to yeah. get his brand out there too, which I think is big these days. Well, I don't know if you saw it. Speaking of the nil, but there's this kid, uh, Jaden Rashada. Um, who got one of these, he got this NIL deal. He's a four-star quarterback um, who got this deal. They were going to pay him $13.85 million. What? Yes, $13.85 million, $385,000 per game. But the deal is they could they part of the contract was they could pull it at any time. So right before he was about to join the school, they yanked it. Just said no, oh, we're not gonna God. Yeah, so this whole that whole thing too, like you talk about it's it's fascinating to me because most of these things are ultimately they come down to money, right? Whether it's the memorabilia game, whether it's betting, whether it's the it comes down to money. Like these people mm-hmm. they they are investing in players or they're investing in, you know, uh, a gamble or whatever it is. And I it's I mean Whenever you unleash it, like when the NIL happened, when that finally came out, I was like, man, all hell is going to break loose, especially in college football. I mean, oh, <laughs> I'm not sure any college those, I baseball I mean, those guys, guys are going to get paid, but they're also going to get abused, like you said. Yeah, I'm not sure any baseball players are going to be getting $13 million deals in the NIL. Yeah, probably not. Not <laughs> Maybe, I don't even think basketball guys are going to get that much, but football guys, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, it's just unreal. And it's kind of, and like you said, there is a lot of, these kids, I mean, these are kids, kids. They're 17, 18 years old, some of them mm-hmm. younger than that. Uh, it's got to be warped to put kids through that kind of thing. I mean, and especially because you know there are people out there who are super unscrupulous. They're going to try and take every advantage possible. Um, it's weird. I'm glad you brought that up because that was exactly on my mind, that NL thing, <laughs> reading that story this morning. Um, all right, let's talk about some Astros, though. So. Yeah. I did a little bit of looking at, like, okay, we know that the Astros lineup is set. We know who's going to yeah. be on the field in terms of their starting position players. Um, and we know that from all our discussions, probably at this point we would consider their two sort of weakest links at the plate to be Martin Maldonado, which you don't care about because his uh, excellence behind the plate is more important, really, than his ex- than his abilities at the plate. The other guy is Chaz McCormick. You know, McCormick is a guy we know can play defense, and we saw from that incredible catch he made, um, you know, in the postseason that the guy can play defense. But there's a lot of questions about his offense. So I decided to do a little bit of a deep dive into Chazzy Fizz's offense. Um, And here's the funny thing, Blummer. He's not as bad at the plate as everybody thinks he is. He really has a couple of significant issues but other than that, he's pretty good. Oh, he'll he'll shock you. I mean, he, what's crazy about Chaz is you know he's he's awkward in the sense that his power is middle away. And what's funny is that Chaz knows it. Yes. And I love the fact that I've watched him throughout a couple of games. You know, uh, towards the end of the season where. He starts to figure out that he is going to be the center fielder. He starts to get more at-bats against right-handers, left-handers. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, he, he's he's good against right-handers because the fastball away, the slider away. Yes. And if he's able to stay on some of those pitches and drive them up the middle of the other way, he's going to be hyper-successful. Yes. I would imagine, you know, other teams around the leagues, I don't want to get too in-depth, but I mean, they're, they're going to make adjustments to him the first couple months of the season, and it's going to be interesting to see how we adjust. But in saying that, it, he started to move off the plate a little bit, I feel like, in the end of the season to make some of those pitches that they're getting in on him to turn those into middle pitches to where he could really he does such a good drive a job of driving the knob mm-hmm. towards the pitcher and creating lag with the barrel. That's why he has that power up the middle to the opposite field. And he moved off the plate to create the inside corner to be middle part of the plate. And he he's sneaky. He's sneaky good yeah. at the plate. He really is. And the numbers, I, first of all, I just took a quick comparison between him and Kyle Tucker because everybody's Kyle Tucker is a great offensive player. If you look at their numbers just from last year, now he played in about 30 fewer games than Tucker did. But in those 30 fewer games, he hit 245 while Tucker hit 257. He was uh, his on base percentage 332. Tucker's was only 330, right? Ooh. The slugging and the and the OPS are where things differ. Uh, Tucker was slugging 478, uh, McCormick 407, OPS 738 uh, to 808 for Tucker. Here's the thing, though. The main reason for that is because McCormick has not been able to hit a breaking pitch. Like, when mm-hmm. you look at his splits between fastballs and breaking pitches, it's kind of remarkable. Like, against fastballs, he hits 309. Against breaking pitches, 105. I mean, that is wow. a huge wow. difference. And he's got a massive whiff rate as a result of that. And mm-hmm. But the thing is... His barrel rate is high. Like he gets, as you just yeah. alluded to, he gets the the bat on the ball really well, and his spray chart is bonkers. Like most guys, <laughs> when you look at it his spray is. chart, like he had out of his thirteen or fourteen home runs he had last year, the majority of them were to right field. Oppo taco. Right? I mean, it's really interesting, and his his splits between. Uh, left, middle, and right are pretty even. He's actually hits fewer. To, he pulls the ball less than he does hits it to middle or right. But I feel like that's the kind of thing where if he can just learn a little bit more plate discipline, and I don't know how much plate discipline you can learn at 27, um, you could speak to that better than I can. But if he could just learn a little bit better plate discipline against those breaking pitches, because it's pretty clear that what pitchers are doing is they're setting him up for the mm-hmm. breaking pitch, and that's why he gets a lot of strikeouts and he has that high whiff percentage. Well, you know, if your power, if your strength is up the middle the other way and driving that baseball that way, you're going to stay on the fastball and look fastball away. And what pitchers will do is give the, offer that fastball out there to get him looking there and then start the slider, start the curveball on the outside corner. And guess what? If they have enough spin, they're going to break it off the plate. Mm-hmm. But if he's already out there hunting the fastball, that means the hands are getting started a little bit early. And by the time he starts his swing and that ball starts to break, he's got no chance other than just to you know right. take a hack at it and hope hopefully that ball hangs out there and he gets to it. I think what you're talking about is maybe laying off, and this is something that we saw with Jeremy Pena too. He yeah. chased a lot of sliders off the plate. Chaz does the same thing. If those guys, or if Chaz can do what Jeremy did, which is just all of a sudden just start spitting mm-hmm. on the sliders and the curveballs away and let him fall out of the zone for ball one, ball two, and get himself back in the count, 
he is going to get more pitches inside the zone. And that means he can stay on the fastball, continue to drive it the other way. But if you're driving the ball the other way and you get that breaking ball in the zone, guess what you should be able to do if you're a good enough hitter? Start yanking that thing. Start yep. hooking that. Start getting the barrel out in front of the plate and yanking those to left field. Yes. And then you've got full plate coverage and you're moving the ball around the diamond and it forces those pitchers to make better pitches. I think what's really interesting too is he his best his best uh, batting average is against off-speed pitches. It's nearly 350 against off-speed. So mm-hmm. his off-speed pitches and his fastballs, he's great. Like if he could harness that some of that same energy around the breaking pitches. I think the biggest thing too, Blummer, and you, you said it, he needs to learn how to lay off. Because if he lays That's off some of That's the biggest thing pitches, for all these young hitters, man. Yeah. You learn to lay off some of those pitches, then guys can't throw them. They have to throw well, pitches it, in the zone. It sends them into a little bit of panic. They're like, damn, he didn't chase that pitch. And now they're going, now what do I do? Do I have to throw the fastball on the plate? Or do I have to actually get my breaking ball on the plate? Because if he starts to get yeah. that, starts to get breaking balls on the plate, I'm sure that would boost some of those numbers. Yeah, and 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 you have to wonder, like, if if you know if McCormick could even just get up to the 260 range, you know, oh, somewhere in there, yeah, 260. Well, if you if you like want to have fun, yeah, if you want to have fun, uh, go mm-hmm. go to. <laughs> This is getting deep. I mean, go to uh, Fangraphs and check out Z yeah. Contact, uh, O Contact, yes. and that'll give you a really good idea too on why the breaking ball is hitting 105 against it because maybe the contact isn't there outside the zone. But if the contact rate is up outside the zone, guess what? He's chasing outside the zone. Yep, that is exactly right. And I, I, I just find it like he seems like one of those guys that could be poised for like when, when we started we talked to Brian McTaggart last week a little bit about you know interesting storylines and stuff and as he mentioned it, there's not a lot because we've got you know a lot of these guys are set in their positions but I think what's going to be I mean obviously Jeremy Pena in a sophomore season is going to be very interesting can he sort of keep rolling the way he did but mm-hmm. I think one of the a couple of the better storylines you know, number one, I think Christian Javier is going to be a fascinating storyline. I think he has the potential. Like there was, a, there was a some guy put out his uh, the nastiest pitches, and one of them was Javier's fastball, that invisible. Saw that this morning. Yeah, I mean, so I'm gonna. I'm, that was one. The other one is maybe McCormick is is going to be better at the plate than than mm-hmm. we than he has been. Um, he obviously was not healthy for a chunk of last year, so that that was part of it. But I've got to wonder. Um, could he just bump those numbers a little? And if you just yeah. a little bit, it's a big deal. Well, you would figure the maturation process would lend itself to the opportunity and the idea that he could get better. And I think that, you know, hearing some of his quotes from that TriStar show yes. saying, yeah. you know, it's my job to lose. And how about playing with a little bit of confidence? Because yeah. I, just from the outside looking in and watching some of these games and seeing how the center field position unfolded between Jake mm-hmm. Myers, Mauricio Dubon, Chaz McCormick, yep. you know, it was a revolving door out there in center field for Dusty to try and find somebody that could go out there and do the job. Eventually, it went to the better defender, which was Chaz McCormick, and then he, he got a couple of key hits uh, down the stretch. But the confidence of knowing that your manager wants you out there is going to make mm. you a better ball player. But the way he stated, you know, it's my job to lose. 
and I, you know, it's kind of a, I don't like the way it's phrased, but I like mm-hmm. the, the intent behind it is, is I'm going to go out there and prove that I deserve to be in center field. Right. And I think this is a great lineup for him to be in. I think he came to a real, you know, he had an epiphany last year in the realization that if I play good enough defense, I'm going to play more often. Yeah. And I think that's where Chaz kind of lacked a little bit because he was so focused on uh, offense that, you know, taking good routes to the baseball, making good plays, and then also it's the little things too. It's getting the ball back in and keeping the runner at first base, keeping runners at first and third and keeping the double play in order because your defense is so good and can get your pitchers out of jams. And that's also how you endear yourself to those pitchers is keeping those runners from scoring and allowing them opportunities to get those outs later on. So uh, Chaz is in a good spot. I like the confidence that Dusty's putting him, and that's kind of what I heard in some of those quotes that he had at that convention. Yeah, I I exactly thought the same thing. You know, he doesn't have great arm strength, but he has such good closing speed that he often ends up getting to balls that guys didn't think he could. Um, And that makes a huge difference. And as we've talked about with the, the changes to the shift, um, it's going to be more important than ever that you cover ground out there. Um, mm-hmm. And so defensively, I don't think we have to worry about him. The biggest thing to me is he strikes out too much and he makes too much soft contact because he's chasing. And if he just can learn to chase, even if he just chases like 30% fewer, you know, yeah, if he could just chaz left less, just <laughs> yeah, chaz less, just chaz less. I mean, we'll all be doing the chaz chop. Don't worry. It's oh, coming yeah, back. Believe it. We're going to yeah, be coming back. Get the meatloaf ready, Ma. Shoot, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> nice. Great, great Wedding Crashers reference. Uh, absolutely oh, outstanding. Fantastic. Ma, the meatloaf. Ma, oh, the meatloaf. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I came in here. There were cartoons. I was like, so good. <laughs> so good. So good. All right. Last thing, um, and that is... What is? Tell me a little bit about your upcoming spring schedule, Blummer, because I know you've got you're going to oh, be yeah. doing some games. I'm, you must have come to some. You you guys have must have figured out what the TV is going to be like for spring training and and what you guys are yes. in. So tell me a little bit about what's going on there, because I'm curious. Yeah, and this is. I mean, every ball club is different. Every <clears throat> every network, every regional sports network is different. You know, we're not. Uh, you know, we're not the marquee channel. We're not uh, prime, whatever it is in LA, where they cover every single game, or the Yes yeah. Network, where they're covering every hour of spring training. The Yes Network. We're different in the, <clears throat> yeah, we're different in the sense that uh, you know the Astros will go play maybe you know 25, 30 games before uh, the mm-hmm. season starts. We'll cover eight of them. And I'm going to go out there February 24th. On February 25th, 26th, 28th, I believe we are doing live TV broadcasts in the middle of the afternoon for those of you at work. And we're going to we're gonna cover those games on AT&T Sportsnet. Nice. And I will actually, yeah, it's great news. And we're, and it's, you know, it's fun to get out there and just be around the guys in spring because it's so laid back. Uh, the energy, obviously, on these guys is great. So I'm, I can't wait to get down there and feel that and see that. Um, and then I'll actually stay down there a couple extra days. I'll come back on March 2nd or 3rd because I'm going to, uh, you know, come in in relief of Steve Sparks and Robert Ford and pick up a couple of games on radio because those guys work their tails off. Yeah. And, uh, there's going to be a night at Duffy's where I host Astro Line live from Duffy's there in West Palm beach and have a couple of pops, talk some baseball. Um, and then I know for a fact with the WBC this year, the world baseball classic, yeah. 
We are actually going to cover Team Venezuela versus the Houston Astros on, I believe it's March 8th or 9th. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and the interesting thing about that is, obviously, Jose Altuve, some of the other Venezuelans around the league will be on Team Venezuela, but Omar Lopez, the first base coach for the Houston Astros, is the manager. So he'll be managing against the Astros and Dusty Baker. That's obviously going to lend itself to some great baseball and good storylines. And then towards the end of spring, we'll televise three more games, two more in West Palm, and then one more exhibition game at Sugar Land against the Space Cowboys before the season starts. I'm going to that game. That's going to be super That's going to be cool. awesome. That's just a great, like, you know, first of all, if you haven't been, I've only been to the ballpark down there once, and Dude, it wasn't even for a game. I just went and checked awesome. it out. It is so cool. It is it's minor great. league ballparks now are off the charts. They really yeah. are. I mean, compared to your days of showering oh, on wood pallets or whatever. You know. I'm just glad that I was able to, you know, to, to carry the weight and that uh, of all of that for all of the young athletes right? now. You know, I, I paid my dues for them back then. You had to, you know, shower my toes. Yeah. <laughs> Mud. Yeah. Oh my God! Amazing. Yeah, that 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 ballpark down there is awesome. It yes. is so cool. That is going to be a really fun time down there for sure. Looking forward to that. That sounds like you got a, quite a bit of busy schedule in the spring training. That's that's great. No, it's it's really good. You know, and, it, and for me personally, I'll start up another you know another year with uh, Sports Talk Seven Ninety, getting an hour on with Adam Clanton and Wexler and those guys, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, staying relevant in that sense, but uh, don't forget when you get down to Sugarland, uh, as big a St. Arnold guy as I am, Texas League Brewery down there, Texas Leaguer Brewery down there is uh, pretty good, and they have a lot That's of legit. beers at uh, Sugarland, uh, the, the complex down there. It's legit, Blummer. You're gonna, yep. you're gonna, you you know all about that. I am, I am not a huge beer drinker. I do have one on occasion. Um, oh man! But I next- wish I could say that. My boiler, my boiler gives it away. <laughs> Well, I didn't say I didn't drink alcohol. I just said I don't. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm actually kind of a wine guy myself, but I'll appear every once in a while. So, you mm-hmm. know, we're, the, the St. Arnold's is. Well, don't you? You got to do a beer. You got to somehow smuggle your rush mustard in there to put on your hot dog. So beer, dog, rush mustard, you're good to go. The the rush. I'm telling you, as soon as the golden, the rush golden ale is available, then I will be drinking a beer. Well, we go to Toronto this year. Shoot, I'll go up there and have a taste test for you. Holy crap, that's right. You got to get up there and it's the the brewery is called Henderson Brewing Company. I think it's like the St. Arnold's of Toronto. I like it. So you find it. Yeah, I was going to say if anybody's going to find it, it's definitely going to be Jeff Blum. That is correct. (laughs) uh, So Blummer, you got anything big plans for the rest of the week? I mean, it's actually nice out today. You could get out and do something. No, it's gorgeous today, and I just regripped my golf club, so I've oh, got to get okay. ready because speaking of beer, I have a Carbach uh, golf tournament oh, on uh, coming up on the 13th, the day after the Super Bowl. But all everything this week is getting ready for the Super Bowl. Once we get out of the way, it's our time. It's Major League Baseball time, and that's, that's what right. I'm looking forward to. So it's going to be a fun week, good week. But uh, when we start talking again next oh, week, it's it's it. on like Donkey Kong because they report next week. Yeah, well, I'm I am off next week, obviously, um, yeah. because I'm going to be in Colorado. But I'm you're, you're you, trying to refresh and get ready for the that's season. It. That's well, what that's you. The, yeah. That is that's the your whole spring. thing. And I'm going there with a total base bar nerd as well. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot you pictures of all the crazy memorabilia that his uncle has at his place in oh, Colorado. Wow. It's he is nice. he is a when I say he's a collector, I don't mean he's a collector. I mean 
He is a collector. That guy, he's one of the foremost collectors of JFK memorabilia in the world, first of all. Fascinating. On top of, you can't imagine the baseball stuff he has. Like, yeah. I saw this one. He had, it was a poster from like the night. It was some, it was the, the uh, in, introduction to the Hall of Fame. It was like in the 70s. Oh, and wow. it was a special anniversary deal. Where okay. they brought in all of these guys, Hall of Famers from the past. It was like some kind of 75th anniversary or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it, all of the, the signatures on it are literally a who's who of baseball. I mean, you cannot imagine. I just stared at it for like 10 minutes when I was looking at it. It's just like between that yeah, and the photos. Yeah, when you realize who's on there, you're like, what? I know. Between that and the tiny <laughs> little photos he has of Babe Ruth in Japan doing oh, a no. baseball tour. Seriously. Yeah. It's bonkers. Wow. It's bonkers, dude. So that's going to be... But yeah, I'm getting get refreshed because, hey, when I get back, it's going to be hit the ground running. Not even not even, like, not even even like walking, not fast walking, not... What do they call that? Race walking? <laughs> yeah, the speed walking. Speed walking. Not even speed walking. It's going to be running. Full full tilt blues boogie. Yeah, kind of like me after a night at Taco Bell. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> How about that for a visual? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he'll be here Sorry. all week. Please tip your bartender <laughs> some waitresses. Oh, oh man, I'm God. peaking way too soon in the day. Oh, man, same. It's just like Billy Joel said about uh, about this, the what was the, first the ballad of Brendan Eddie, Eddie became scenes from an Italian restaurant. And he said the whole song was about guys who peaked too early. <laughs> he said he was like yeah. he was like he was like the captain of the football team in high school. I saw him at a high school reunion. He looked like a caved-in ashtray. <laughs> oh my gosh! What a visual! That's an unbelievable description. I know, man. He's funny as hell. Oh, All right, yeah. everybody. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it as always. I'll be eating some rush mustard. This is going with me to Colorado because I'm getting some Heck soft pretzels. Yeah. And there's going to be a rush mustard Ooh. fest, rush mustard gasm happening again. Getty, Alex, we're here. Yep. We love baseball and, and beer and music. mustard. You can you could do worse than this podcast. I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You One do of much, the nine much, million podcasts out much, there. Much, much worse than this. We'll be back next we'll be back on Friday. Um yep. with a fresh pod brought to you by Bet Online. Huge thanks to all the listeners. Uh, thanks so much for everybody who watches and subscribes. You guys are absolutely the best. Thanks for sending us messages. Always love to get those as well. Keep it coming. Just 52 days mm-hmm. till opening day, March 30th. By the way, the opening day, the same weekend as Final Four. I mean, that is oh, going to wow. be a, yeah. that is going to be a, I'm going to be a busy mofo that weekend. Well, when the Astros adjusted their schedule so you could watch the Houston Cougars win the final. Well, I'll be at the final because I'm covering it for the Houston Press. So. Yes. One way or the other, I will be I will be doing double duty that weekend. It's going to be crazy. I told my wife she That's should awesome. just take a trip that weekend and enjoy herself because she ain't yeah, going to see me. because you're going to be lost in that whole thing. That's <laughs> Not great. at all. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We will talk to you on Friday. Go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.